Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. One, one person I, I can, I'm going to say none of us hope is, a, is an ex is David Pasternak. Um, I think now is probably a good time to go to it. Um, Scott, I don't know if you have the question in front of you, if you want, you just want to, you know, get bullet point on it, but it's really more or less just, you know, what's, what, what's the latest with this? I mean, the longer yeah. we go into the season, it's just like, you know, so I'll throw it to you. Yeah. So shout out to, to listener Jeff who emailed us basically asking like, you know, is there anything new on, on Pasternak? Um, you know, the, basically the last update we got was from the last time Sweeney talked uh, saying that him and, Pasternak's agent were talking on a daily basis. Um, that was a while ago, and that was it. so. There hasn't obviously publicly there certainly hasn't been any update. There hasn't even been any reporting really. Like we, you know, remember, like probably the first couple of weeks of the season. I think it was Darren Drager had a report like that things were heating up, and then it was shortly after that that we got to talk to Sweeney and Pasternak, and they both confirmed that yeah like they're talking every day they hope something gets done well we haven't gotten any updates since then and part of that is that uh sweeney hasn't had any media availability and that's because of the whole mitchell miller thing um he talked you know right after that signing then everything goes sideways they end up cutting him and sweeney has not talked to the media since then it feels Um, like he's like being hidden from the media because like i don't know i'm they had nearly come talk instead of him and then i just kind of feel like he's been like in the background yeah and uh, you know i don't know if that's because obviously part of this uh independent investigation is going to be you know it's going to have to be focused on sweeney like 
Yeah. If you're bringing people in to do that, then obviously the general manager is is a big part of what you're looking at. Um, what do they don't? He does he not want to self-incriminate? Like say the wrong thing? Oh, I mean, I think he, get, he have a degree. Was his degree in Harvard, like law or something? I forget what his degree was. Yeah, but I, I mean, know. he's Harvard educated. I think he would know how to not like perjure himself or whatever. Whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah, um, and and I mean, and no one's really asked Pasenak about it at all, which. I, I'm fine. Like, I think, you know, at some, if there's a new report at some point or something, like obviously we'll ask Pasenak about it, but I think everyone kind of has taken the approach that like, there's not really any point in asking Pasenak about it every week or every two weeks. And Um, also he's just usually defaults to my, my agents handling it. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. So. You know, I wish like we had some sort of concrete update, but I guess that, you know, the since there's not the bigger talking point is like, are we should we be worried that like this is still going on and there hasn't been anything? And I come kind of look at it as, you know, sometimes you see deals get done in like those first couple of weeks of the season, you know, because you talk during training camp and sometimes it just carries over a little bit we're sort of in a spot right now where like you don't really see that many deals getting done sort of like this, you know, Thanksgiving to Christmas stretch or, or even a little after that. I mean, there was one recently, right? Uh, Rupe hints with Dallas um, agreed to an eight year extension last week. So like there's one big deal that got done around this time, but for the most part, like once you get out of that kind of like early season phase, sort of the next time you really start to see contracts get done is like closer to trade deadline, because then you see the teams, you know, wanting to make sure that they, they touch base with all their own free agents and try to get things done. So like, you'll see stuff around then, but I mean, that's not till March. So I don't, you know, I don't know if they're still talking every day. I'm sure they're talking fairly regularly, even if it's not quite every day. Um, but it's like at this point, what's what's really changing other than, pot, you know, like we can joke and say Pasenak keeps pushing his value higher. I mean, hmm. the reality is like his value is already very high. So I don't well, know. Yeah, I was I was going to make the analogy that he's like, it's like the Bruins, they wanted to stop playing, you know, sitting at the poker table a long time ago. And Pasternak is on a hot streak. So he just keeps, you know, he keeps going all in and he just keeps winning more money and winning more money and winning more money because he just keeps going and, and he just keeps looking better and better. Um, the Bruins would have liked to have had this done already. Um, it's that's not the side that's holding things up. I don't believe um, they wanted well, this it, done it, yesterday. I mean, it could be if they're not if they're still apart on money. I I mean, how far apart on money could they be? I don't know. What if the Bruins are offering 11 and Pasenak wants over 12? Like, it, I, I could see them being still like a million a year apart or something like that. Well, they're going to have to get closer to that number the longer they wait and the better Pasenak does. Like, really, that's kind of the reality of it. You're going to have to find that money and you're going to have to give it to him if you really want to keep him because he's worth more and more as he just looks better and better. Well, I mean, I think the Bruins need to figure out what it is that they want to do going forward. Like, if if they're conceding that, like, they're just going to be – 
you know, they're going to, they're just going to tank and rebuild after some, some key guys go. Now I, I understand that they have McAvoy under contract and Lindholm under contract. I get all that. But if Bergeron goes after this year and Krejci goes after this year and Marshan's on his, you know, final leg and they let Pashnak go, if you have McAvoy and Lindholm and, you know, a couple other good players, like you're not going to do much. Now, I don't believe that's what they want to do. And I, I don't want them to do that. Uh, but I can tell you this. If if he goes to the uh, if this goes to the offseason and he's not signed but with with the Bruins, my confidence is that he's going elsewhere. I don't I'm not confident at all he signs with Boston. Um because then I start I think you start to see that they really are far apart on on dollar value and I don't know. I just I'm not confident if it goes to the offseason. Or that like no. you wanna be able to test other fits. You know what I mean? Like talk to other teams, well, get get other numbers, but also get other like assurances about their their viability in the next five years. And we've talked about how that's stupid and that it's unpredictable anyway, um, and that that shouldn't be a, like a huge factor. Um, because just look at how the Bruins played this year; it was better than anyone expected. So you, you know you could end up thinking you're going to a team that's going to win the cup, and that team doesn't. Like it's so hard to predict who's going to win the cup at any given year. So I will say my, here's my, here's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that the Bruins end up being one of the best teams in the league this year. If not the best team, they go to the playoffs and they lose. And then Pashnak says, well, Jesus, uh, Bergeron's going, Krejci's going. This was our chance. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna have a chance to win here going for, as good of a chance to win here going forward. I'm gonna look at my options. That's my biggest fear if it goes to the offseason and the Bruins don't win. Because I mean, if it, it might not be it might not be money for him. It, it really could be what's the team set up for down the line. That that's what was reported in the summer, too. So um, like I said, it I'm I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give the Bruins the time that they need to get this done this year. But if it goes to the offseason, I'm officially uh not confident. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you would have to lose some confidence if it gets that far. I don't think it totally means he's gone, though. And, like, the one example I get, I think there's a couple examples, but most recently, I had a point to Philip Forsberg last summer, who, you know, him and the Predators, like, all year there were reports of them talking. Are they going to get a deal done? Um, Are they going to trade him? And they end up agreeing to an extension literally the day before free agency begins and, and he stays. So it is doable. Like there, there's time between the, even if you go to the cup finals, there's a little bit of time between end of the season and start of free agency um, where you still have exclusive negotiating rights. So it's not, it's not impossible, but obviously you don't want it to get that far because at that point, like if Pasenak is tempted to test free agency, then it's very easy to just wait that extra couple of weeks and, and do it. Whereas, you know, now like that's that's still a ways off, so there's still an opportunity to, hey, maybe he just wants to get a deal done and you know not have to worry about this for six more months or whatever. Um, I, something that's clear is that it's it's not affecting his play. The uncertainty nope. or anything, the negotiations have not really distracted him 
or the Bruins um, as a team, at least in any sort of way, management, that's another, that's another story, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a very interesting thing to try to follow and put everything together, especially not knowing like how good they're going to be. I mean, they're only this good because they have their two top centers signed to like ridiculously team friendly deals and you're not that's not realistic for long term so it is the like the window is what the window is um and it's really great that the Bruins were able to get you know some of their guys to to take those team friendly deals but you're not get, not getting foster knock on a team friendly deal not even close so uh say, it you, does you, limit the ability for the team to be good the more money that he takes I'm gonna say you you tell you tell him we can get you multiple number one centers if you play for one and a half million dollars a year <laughs> yeah you think he'll go for that well <laughs> yeah i don't know see here's here's the thing too it's like if he if he goes to free agency and he goes to another team and the bruins lose him for nothing i mean the bruins are screwed i mean because like i said i'm i'm glad they have mcavoy for nine years and i'm glad they have lindholm for another five after this whatever it is six or seven um but if you lose the projected top goal scorer in your franchise's history at 26, 27 years old. And you also have to replace, you know, your top two centers, like good luck finding any players to even be a 10th of those guys ever, like absolute diamonds. And again, those players Bergeron is a, he's a, he's a generational, you know, two way forward. I just mentioned Pashnak is projected to be the all-time leading goal scorer for the Boston Bruins. That's not somebody you just get in a draft in like 2025. Like it just doesn't happen. So you better you better re-sign this kid. Otherwise, you're screwed. And I will feel no. I will. I don't know. I might. I might turn on the Bruins if they let this happen. And you know, look, there's the possibility the Bruins, the Bruins throw the kitchen sink at him and do everything that they can. And and Pashnak just says, "Sorry guys, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not staying." But uh. I don't see it. I think he wants to stay in Boston. It's up to the Bruins to make sure he get he stays. And if he doesn't, then shame on the Bruins. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify, on Lindholm McAvoy, it's identical eight-year deals. They're both here through through 2030. Um, Whew, man. Yeah, I, I, I do think Pasenak wants to stay here. Um, if there are those... I think in a perfect world, he wants to stay here. I also think he probably does want some assurances about what the future is going to look like. And, you know, that there's not going to be some sort of lengthy rebuild. Um, that's going to like take up half of his contract. Um, you know, like, I think, I think guys look at what, you know, a, what say like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have had to endure in Chicago and think like, well, I, I want to make sure, you know, I don't end up, don't end up in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I wish we had, like, I would, I don't, you know, I wish there was some sort of reporting on like how, you know, if one of the, one of these big national guys like could get how far apart they are in money. If, if at all, like, it, you know, to your point, like maybe they've already thrown the kitchen sink at him. And he says like, I, you know, I just want to wait. Like, I don't feel a rush to sign right now, but um I almost feel like this past offseason, there was a lot of fly by the seat of your pants decisions as well. Like Bergeron and Krejci didn't know for sure they were going to sign with the Bruins until they like had some time off. 
Like, I yeah. don't know if he just wants to like sit on it. You know what I mean? After the season ends and just sit on it. Yeah. I mean, that's possible too. And not like, obviously, obviously, you know, Pasnak has every right to wait as long as he wants or look at whatever he needs to look at because it, yes, like he signed a six year deal that, it, you know, that's what's expiring now, but like, this is the biggest decision of his life and it's going to be the most money he'll ever make because assuming, assuming it is, you know, it can be an eight year deal in Boston, a seven year deal somewhere else. Assuming that's what he signs for and he isn't looking for some, something shorter, like that covers his entire prime. His next deal after that, he's in his mid thirties and it's not going to be that kind of money or year. So, you know, this it's like just about the biggest decision he's, he's ever made. So um, it's understandable if he wants some sort of assurances that like four years of it aren't going to be wasted trying to, you know, bring along prospects X, Y, and Z that you hope develop into something and that there's going to be a little more certainty. Well, I mean, if you have, if you have him included, if you have him and, and McAvoy Lindholm and a couple others, like you are you, you swaying in all marks, like you have, you have enough there to build around. I think he, and so, I mean, it, yeah, it, it and, really and still, still a couple more years of Marshand and Hall too. Exactly. So like, it, you know, it, it more or less the whole rebuild thing. It's like, it's almost dependent on what he decides, which is kind of ironic, yeah, but I true. mean, like, it, you know, I think my gut is telling me, I don't know when, uh, but I do think he's going to resign with the Bruins and, and, the, the main reason I think that and it just kind of came to me when you were talking, Scott, is um, the uh, – why am I blanking on – what was what, what, uh, Bergeron's former agent's name? Kent Hughes. Yeah, yeah, Kent Hughes. And, and when he was talking about – on a podcast, he was talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the example that he set in Boston and how, you know, Marche wouldn't take more than Bergeron and he passed up 9-5 to go to Montreal to stay in Boston for 6-5 and – and I just think that Pashnak is 26 years old. He's been in Boston since he was 18. And it's crazy to think how long he's been a Bruin. I mean, he his tenure in Boston dates back to, like, he played with Dan Paye, Greg Campbell, Lucic, Chara, Seidenberg, like McQuaid. He played with all these guys, you know, in their final years in Boston. Um, you know, obviously Krug and, and Marshan and Bergeron and Tuca. I think – I think Pashnak and McAvoy, but since we're talking about Pashnak right now, I think they take great pride in being that next generation to, you know, instill the culture that was there before them. And I think Pashnak knows that he's a big part of that going forward. And he wants to, you know, him and McAvoy, I think they want to do justice to the guys that came before them that helped them throughout their career. So I, I would be surprised if, if he would, if he would leave, um, because I do think he takes great pride in that. And so does somebody like Charlie McAvoy. So it, it comes back to that for me. I think ultimately that will be one of the biggest reasons he'll probably end up staying. Yeah. Not only that, Brian, like without him, you also don't attract players like without him on the team. Like it changes your dynamic to convince other players to come um, in free agency and whatnot. Like you see it in other sports, like good players want to play with good players um, and you lose him. And there's just not that guy that, and, and that dynamic that you can be like, okay, well, kids growing up nowadays, they want to play with Pasternak. Like that's, that's a guy that 
um, some of the younger guys in the league would love to play with. Um, and so it, you see it. I, I don't really want to make a New England Patriots comparison, but, um, you know, you lose Tom Brady, you have a harder time getting people who want to come on friendly deals and, and just try to, you know, get a run at a Super Bowl and whatnot um, in, in that comparison. So it, it does, uh, like, a lot hinges on it. Yeah, and and Brian, to your point about leadership, like Pasanak and McAvoy continue to rotate the the second A this season, um, and you know Pasanak had been wearing it regularly with McAvoy out, and now McAvoy's wearing it a bit too. Um, but yeah, like that they're, they're already kind give of him the A role. as much as he wants. Yeah, just, and, and, just and they're it and they're embracing <laughs> it. Like like you know they're not. It's not like they're not putting the A on Pasanak's sweater just because he's the best player or whatever. I think that's a role he, he is actually embracing and like working to become a better leader. So that that's already happening. And like, I think that helps kind of highlight and that's part, probably part of the pitch to him is like, this is you and McAvoy, like, the, you know, this is your team going forward. You got like, you guys are the next generation. You're the ones that it's going to be built around. So um, that's a hard decision to put the C on like McAvoy or Pasternak if, if like when Bergeron eventually retires if they're yeah. both there that's a hard decision I mean it'll probably be Marshawn first if yeah, he's still true. around so then it'll be you know someone after him I would I would lean 73 but you never know yeah yeah I think I would agree with that but unless you know that's the key selling point I'll stay. I'll, I'll stay only if I'm captain. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Um, yeah, and, and obviously, but I'm not. I'm not insinuating that um, that Pasternak um, would take below market value when I when I'm speaking about leadership. I just mean like like they're gonna have to pay him. I just more so mean like you know he. I do think they take pride in that going forward of being those next guys. And also, as far as like you know assuring that you're not that you're not gonna go through a rebuild like. With with the hard cap in the NHL these days, like no team can guarantee, you know, past a couple of years, everybody's got everybody's up to the cap, and everybody's got it's just it's just the way that it is. So if you can have a strong core of players, you can continue to build around it. I mean, obviously, like the Bruins really need to figure out center ice, but but anyway. So if McAvoy and Pashnak are, are the key building blocks, then you are you already have a leg up on most other teams that would be in a similar situation. So hopefully, we answered Jeff's question to the best of our abilities with the limited information that we have. Um, but long story short, Jeff, we have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we, we have, we have a, uh, we, we, we tend to have gut instincts that he'll stick around. We just don't know when. Um, did you guys have any, any final thoughts? No. I, I Anyone don't. else who wants to send, send emails, skatepod at wei.com. Hop right in Scott's DMs. <laughs> Or, or that, yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> Scott McLaughlin at Hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, that'll wrap it up for this one. The, uh, the Bruins lose to the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 in a shootout. They're 14-0-1 at home, 23-1 overall. They play, they play Colorado on Wednesday night and then Arizona on Friday. And then Vegas again on Monday, right? Or Sunday. Yeah, I think Sunday. So this gauntlet's not over yet. Not over yet. Uh, Florida, Carolina, Tampa, 
that's what three and one Colorado four and one. So they're four one and one so far in this this really tough stretch, which you know it's pretty good, but it's not over yet. So thank you guys for listening. We will talk soon.